Hey love, thanks for tuning in today. Are you or someone you care about stuck in the struggles of divorce, feeling heartbroken, lonely, or simply lost in life? Well, have no fear, the Joy Ride experience is here. A 16-week women's growth group to heal heartbreak and reclaim joy after divorce. Join this tight-knit community because you deserve to be seen, heard, and healed with other women who just get it. Joyride is complete with an all-inclusive transformational toolbox, including both one-to-one and group coaching sessions, weekly growth modules, workbooks, and custom integration practices to implement in your daily life. I'm on a mission to empower women to become relentless about choosing and using joy to design the life they truly desire. I saved a seat on the best life bus and it's time to snag a spot. Simply visit joyfullydivorce.com today to book a free joy ride session and make sure it's a fit for you. We're enrolling now for the August through December 2022 session. All right, it's time to start this joy jam. Join me now. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Cup of Joy, the podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B. And on this show, we'll talk truth on tough topics to help you normalize and navigate the junk and invite you to choose epic joy on the daily. Because let's be honest, life gets to be a whole lot of both. We'll jam on beliefs, breakups, body image, and so much more to create breakthroughs and become the truest you. Like my mama B always says, put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Let's start. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Cup of Joy, the podcast. We have a special episode today. Happy 100th episode to Cup of Joy, the podcast. And I swear I didn't plan this, but it's also my 40th birthday this same week of my 100th show. How how could this even be possible? So there's so much to celebrate and so much to reflect on. And I was trying to decide what incredible guest I wanted to bring on with me today. And when I was chatting with my partner, he said, who have you not yet interviewed that would be really special for you? And I think it took me about two seconds to blurt out, my mom, my mom would be such a great guest. I've never interviewed my mom. So I realized that my mom and I talk to each other about so much and share so much in life. We often leave our chats feeling more connected, having new perspectives, growing with each other, and really walking away feeling more expanded versions of ourselves. So um, this has been happening for the past 40 years of my life. Lucky me, right? My mom often tells me things like, you're so smart. I wish I could say things the way that you do. But the funny thing is, is I've learned so much from the light and love and beingness from her. I've learned it all from her. And I, and I see her demonstrating this being like this for most of my life, much of my life. And since those qualities were demonstrated, um, I admire her so much. And I'm so glad that I've inherited all these great things from my mom. But we've never shared all of the golden nuggets that we talk about at night or coming home when I was in college or, or high school. We never really have shared all those golden nuggets of the life lessons that we've chatted on and connected really deeply before. So we've had a few chats about things that, you know, she wished she would have said or talked to her parents about when they were still with us. And it made me realize that 
a really special thing to do would be to have just that, an open conversation with my mom that I will have forever and ever recorded that I can always go back to. But here's the funny thing. I knew my mom would be so nervous. She's not a professional speaker, even though she spoke professionally as a teacher for years and years and years and years. Um, But I knew she'd be so nervous about coming on the podcast. So I waited, you guys all have to know, I waited until two days ago to ask her in person if, um, and then I, if there's one thing that you should probably know about my mom, and that is that she will do almost anything, anything for her daughters, especially if it's important to them. So I asked her to, you know, if I asked her to skydive or bungee jump, that would be a thousand percent heck no. Heck no, for sure, for sure. Um, but doing something that we look forward to, any of her kids, grandkids, people she loves, especially chatting about life, I knew that it, she would be willing to push her comfort zone and step in and step up. So with that, I just want to welcome my mama B, a.k.a. Jerry, Um and my mom to her very first podcast premiere. Welcome to the podcast, mom. Thank you, Heidi. It is just a real joy to be with you today. How are you feeling in this moment? A little nervous, but I got to remind myself, we're just chatting like we always do. It'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's, it'll, the nerves kind of, I remember when I taped my very first podcast and I was so nervous and I was super scripted and I was just like reading every single word off the paper and if you guys go back and listen to episode um number one or two you'll hear that you know in my podcast that it was more jittery and less flowy and then I realized like all I'm doing is having couch conversations with other people and actually you are only my third guest who I've ever actually done a podcast with in person So we are literally sitting in my childhood home where I've grown up. I've had the privilege of living in the same house my whole life, which is really special. Did you live in your, in your house your whole life? I know we had two homes. Oh, you had two different homes? We started out with a starter. My parents with the starter one, but from age seven all the way up, I was in the same home, same neighborhood. Oh yeah. So you, I mean, that's pretty similar, but I literally, I've only ever lived in this house I know that you'll have this house until the day that you die. And we've we've just, it's always been home to me. And even now, I mean, you've never changed my room, my childhood room. It still feels like mine. It smells like mine. It's funny because tell everybody what you say whenever I leave the house. Oh, about your smell? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't know. Everybody has a smell. You don't ever think about that, but um I miss Heidi when she's gone and I'll go downstairs and the first couple of days while she's gone, her smell, her perfume that she uses is still down there. And sometimes I miss her. I'll just go down and take a snap. It's so funny because it is, if you think about it, like, you know how newborn babies have that, that baby smell. And I think like we all involve evolve into our own smells, whether it's a perfume or a cologne or, or just your natural scent. And hopefully for most people, it's a pretty good scent. But even with your partner, I know sometimes when, when my partner is gone, I'll wear his hoodie or something just because it does have like a faint scent of him. And I think what scents do is it like, brings us into moments. It reminds us of moments. I, you know, our house even has a smell. When I come home, it has a smell of 
different, uh, even, even if you're not cooking something, it kind of reminds me of the things that you cook and memories that we've had here. And there's just like a lot of memory wrapped up in your childhood things. So that's kind of a tangent, but mom and I aren't going to just talk about all of our memories today. Really, we want to set some intentions for the podcast because what we're talking about today is more about deep and meaningful um, connections. And so the intentions that I want to set for the podcast today are really to share from a place that will support all of you listeners. And this episode is so much about reflection of our own journey but we want you to reflect on your journey, thinking through our questions, um, really about the milestones that you've been through in your life, the growth that you've been through in your life, including all the struggles and celebrations and really everything in between. So we want to have this conversation to inspire you and invite you to go deeper into conversation with people that you love or people that you want to grow and know deeper. We want to inspire you to look at your life with a fresh perspective, an open heart, an open mind. We want to inspire you to do things outside of your comfort zone. We want to, like mom is doing today on her first ever podcast, it's outside of her comfort zone. We want to inspire you to reflect on the life that you lived and reconnect with the parts of you that want to live more fully and authentically. And lastly, we want to inspire you to choose joy and make it a life priority moving forward. So as we reflect and connect, we'll be asking ourselves and each other some thought-provoking questions, and we'll invite you to maybe jot them down, take time to answer those questions yourself, and perhaps share those questions or answers um, over your own intimate chats with friends, with loved ones, with potential future friends, and beyond. Because what I've learned, one of the things I've learned more than anything over time is that the deeper we can go in conversation um, with others and be more vulnerable, the deeper the relationship that we usually get out of it. So the questions are really intended to just crack you open and crank things up for you, elevate your life. And so Mom, we were chatting last night, um, actually two nights ago, when I asked you to be on the podcast, it immediately like sparked us into conversation. And we were chatting then about what makes our relationship so special. Remember that? Yeah. And how sometimes people ask us how we, as mother and daughter, or how our family is so close. And I think that what we determined through that conversation is so much of it boils down to open, honest communication. And so what else would you say when people, when people are asking, like, you know, you have, uh, we both have friends and coworkers and things like that who ask us, like, how are you so close to your daughters? How are you so close to your mom? How are, how does your, your family looks like they have so much fun together and all the things. And, you know, we're not leave it to beaver family. We've had all of the ups and downs and we've fought and we've, I mean, we've gone through a lot ourselves, but for the most part, we're, we're very connected and we communicate pretty well. So like, what do you think is kind of that secret sauce that has kept us tied together the way that we do? I think a couple of things. I think one is providing, make sure that we provided time to be together and purposely chose things to do together. Mm -hmm. 
Um, one of the things uh, that we always did, we had supper together at the table every night about the same time. And it got a few little glitches when kids were in, you know, choir and cheerleading and dance and some of that kind of stuff. Um, but we still managed to move the time around so that most of the time we would have dinner together. And at those dinners, it always went with, what happened to you today? And there were some times when uh, people were maybe going through some horrible thing, harder times mm -hmm. or times where they didn't like a particular teacher. And then I tried to a lot of times re, re, redo that so that reframe it. I guess that's yeah. the word I'm looking reframe for. Reframe it, yeah. So that instead of always complaining about that person or the thing, I would say, I want you to next time tomorrow when you go to school, find one good thing mm -hmm. in that class. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what it was so that the next day they could report something positive to try and get it back to positive. And it's just, we didn't want, I didn't want dinner time or their life to be complaint, mm -hmm. all complaint, you know, so that was one thing. So I think the the dinners, I think was really important. I think also to piggyback on that, um, I think asking questions like that, like what was the, what was your favorite part of your day? You know, getting really specific about highlighting what was, what went really great. Or I, I've also heard you talk to um, your grandkids, my niece and nephew, Hope and Noah, also about things like, well, how did that feel? Um, or what do you think that person was thinking? Or what do you think that person was feeling? And you mentioned the other night too, when you would read us books at night, that you would also kind of try to summarize that book and get us to think about how it might apply to our own life. And I never felt like you were doing that. It was like a sneaky little trick, the treat trick that you did, but it was kind of like, how can I relate this to them in case they're going through something similar that I don't know about? I think that that's something for parents that is so helpful is to how can I let my kids know that whatever they're feeling, it's okay, that they don't just have to be positive, that it's important to celebrate the great things that are happening in our day and our things that we like and to go back, you know, every day and search for the gems, but that also when you're going through hard stuff that you're a safe place to talk about those things. And I always felt like that growing up. I just want to say too, that I always told you girls always, as you, especially when you got older, when more things were going to be more uh, personal relationships, I always told you there is not anything, there's nothing ever that you can tell me that you have said or done or felt that you can't tell me that we can't work through. Mm -hmm. There's nothing that's impossible. Yeah. Uh, because I wanted you to feel like you could always come to me for help and not try some desperate measure to solve something that you felt was impossible. That's really important. That's really important. And honestly, I remember that because there were, and there's times, especially when you're going through your teenage years too, where you feel like it is the end of the world because you haven't gone through enough experiences to understand that you'll make it through the pain. It's like your first time going through heartbreak. It's your first time going through. And I, I felt like every single guy that I dated in high school I, was going to be my guy for life, right? And you probably did too in some ways, even though you, I mean, because you dated dad in high school and then you guys have been together for how many years? 45. 45 years, right? So 
that's kind of a, I don't know if this is the right word, but like kind of an anomaly. Is that the right word? Like doesn't happen that much anymore. It doesn't really happen that much anymore where you meet that young and then it lasts as long as it does. So kind of shifting gears a little bit, I was going to ask you this later, but what do you think kept you, has kept your relationship going for so long? My relationship with your dad? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, sometimes I think you're just lucky. We end up being kind of <laughs> suited together, but, um, you know, a lot of things like neither one of us ever tried to hold the other person so tight that they couldn't be who they wanted to be, do mm. what they wanted to do. Yeah. I, I know I have friends that say, your husband lets you go there and do that. Mm. Like take a separate vacation or whatever. Mm. I'm like, well, why? Yeah. Why not? He it's not because I don't want to be by him. It's just that I have things that I want to do that he's not interested in. So I think that maybe is a key one. Um, and we both also family was really important mm-hmm. for us and, um, and doing family things. We, we did a lot of family, even when you kids were really little, a silly family thing is every Sunday we would be in our living room, our only we didn't have a family room then. And we put on music of the Beach Boys or whatever the modern song. Actually, they were oldies by then. And we used to sing along like a karaoke kind of thing and dance. And he would get up, we'd dance and sing. And, mm-hmm. and then he got a um, video recorder and we used to record that. But that's a silly thing. But it was a family thing that we did together that all four of us and he participated, I participated, mm-hmm. you know, so so we did that. So and I think because um, we don't have the same interests necessarily right, at, at all so much, but uh but just our fate, our, our core values were the same. Yeah. Um, I think those were the two, two special things. I think that, that being your own person is super important. Cause I think a lot of times we try to be a lot of times what happens, at least I can speak from my own experience is I've tried to be the person I think my partner needs in order to be in partnership rather than figuring out who you are, attracting that person. And I think that I did a little bit of both. I don't think that I was faking who I was, but I think that a lot of times we're figuring out who we are through our teenage years and then into our twenties and sometimes into our thirties and beyond. And if we're not really conscious of actually being who we love being, and then, you know, as we grow telling our partners, actually, I don't, I don't like that, but let that be your thing. Let that be your hobby. Find people that want to do that with you. And these are my things. So like you guys do a really good job of having your separate things, but then you also have made a point throughout your whole lives together to do things together. I even remember when you, when we were all younger, you, you guys joined a golf league together and you guys made a lot of church friends together and do a lot of church things. We went to church camp together. So there were a lot of shared experiences and things. Even now it's like life, life changes, but sometimes we watch Jeopardy together and Wheel of Fortune and we just do different things that you like together and that you find together. And then there's other things where dad doesn't want to travel internationally. So you, you don't hold that back for you. That's really important to you. And he doesn't hold that back for you. Um, which a lot of people go, Oh, you know, my partner doesn't like this or doesn't want to do this. So like, I just won't do it. And then I think it holds us back and creates resentment, right? It creates resentment because we're like, well, you're my person. We put a lot of onus on our partners to be the filler. Like they didn't sign up to 
be your end all be all fallback person for everything that you want to do but society kind of tells us that we that they do i think that's so true i think that's right? so true we feel like your person has to be all has to be the be all end all be with me through everything and i sometimes i think that is a big mistake and the thing that maybe um pulls people apart yeah um, it's all right and it it's not like oh i'm always going to be doing something separate but you do you do need to um, do some of your own things. Yeah. I think it makes you a little bit more interesting person as well. When you get back together, you have something to share that's different. Yeah. Um, otherwise we talked about that this morning, you and I about being with the same person all the time that just go to the restaurant. And sometimes you're like, I don't have anything to say. Right. So this is crazy, but a little silly thing that we've been doing, we have these trivia cards and we'll go to the restaurant. Now, my husband and I, after all these years and and I take the trivia cards and then we start to do play trivia together and just I'll ask him questions and stuff and then that sparks more conversation for us to talk about some things that oh we haven't talked about this before because after so many years we've pretty much talked about everything and and now that we're retired we're together all day or you know around each other a lot more and so there's really not a whole lot new to tell you when you go out to eat so yeah um sometimes you need to do something like that 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 really helps it's interesting to talk about it's funny I am my mother's daughter because I I just love I love conversing with other people and learning more about other people and and hearing different things but sometimes I can't think of the questions I know that sounds so silly but sometimes it's like even with us, I'm like, well, I kind of feel, I think what, where we get stuck is not us, just us, but like people in general, where people get stuck is we cover the surface level questions really well. What have you been up to? Where have you been? Have you traveled anywhere? How, how's school or your job or blah, 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 blah. How's your partner? How's your kids? How, you know, your friends, where have you and your friends? But we covered those really well. But then when it comes to asking the deeper dive questions that can sometimes unlock the most beautiful conversations, we don't really know exactly how to ask those or even insert those in conversations because we've gotten so used to having surface level conversations, right? Um, And so what I've done is, and I know you've done it with me before, is I, I ordered these cubes on Amazon. So you do the trivia and I love that. And I do question cubes. And they have all sorts of ones. They have kids ones and women's ones and couples ones and all different stuff. And I put like a handful of, I call them purse questions, cards in my purse. And then whether I'm out with girlfriends or, you know, my partner or whoever, sometimes I'll pull out the questions. They want to play purse questions. And it's funny on my last work trip or one of my last work trips that I went when I was still working events, I started it one night when we went out as a team to dinner. And everybody loved it so much that every night they were like, get the purse questions. You got the purse questions. So yeah, I think that those types of questions are really important. And I know that as growing up, we, um, it it was always kind of an expectation that we show up for each other. Right. So it was like, you need to be at the things you need to come for the birthdays. You need to be at the things. And then as we got older and started having our own lives, it was still kind of an expectation. You never said it, but it was kind of like, well, this is how we grew up. Then we get partners and then we have lots more going on. And I think it's evolved into now where it's like, we're expected to support each other and we want to, but we also have permission to not come to every single thing. 
right? Yes, but you know, I did promote that. Sure. Because I would say, I know I've said this to you girls so many times, this is your sister. She's the person that's got to be the closest to you because friends are going to come and go. And you've learned that in your lives. It happens and friends will come and go and people may not be there to help you, but your sister's always there and you have to be there for them to always be there to help them through whatever the good times, the bad times, but that's the person that can't get away from you <laughs> because they're your blood. So I, you, you know, I've said that I, yeah. I, I did that. And, uh, and even when we would do things, because your ages are, there's eight years between the oldest and the youngest um, in our family. And when we would go on vacations or do things together, I would always tell you that we're going to respect the other person's fun. And if we need to ride on Dumbo for the littlest one, we're all going to ride on Dumbo and smile about it and not <laughs> complain, you know? And if we need to go to a museum for the oldest one, and read some of the card plates that, and see the stuff she wants to, we're going to all do that and smile about it. And I left you out the middle one, but we did your <laughs> things too. <laughs> I just did whatever everybody else wanted no, to do. <laughs> you did a lot of things, but that, those are just the two opposite ends of the ages is yeah. why I say it that way. Um, but they always knew that, that you always knew that that was the thing that we were going to go and what the person wanted to do. And I see you guys still doing that when sure. we do uh, large family things. I see you all kind of making sure that we're going to do, make sure that we're doing something in that realm of what we're doing Yeah, that each person will enjoy and, um, and that nobody is left out. I think that's, that's definitely instilling like inclusion and also uh, flexibility and that sometimes we do things for people because we care about them. And, and even when it's not our thing, we can still enjoy ourselves because the other person, it's really important to them. Um, what about for people who don't have siblings or don't really have siblings who want to be connected to them, you know, um, they they just they never connected in in the way that they do and what i mean by this is like a lot of times yes we had that we were in, that was instilled in us but people f sometimes find other people in their lives that feel like family um in that way so you know how is that how is that i guess the same well you have to nurture all your relationships yep um and honestly, there's people you have friends that maybe aren't as close. And then you have friends that are very close. And I would say that especially the ones that are very close. Well, well, all your friends, I guess, if it's going to be a friend, you need to nurture that relationship. But I would say, hopefully you would nurture at least a few relationships that you would be able to talk to about other things or be able to count on for other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because you need those relationships. Just a couple of weeks, it happened to me. I happened to get sick. I actually had an anxiety attack mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of thing that never happened, that hasn't happened to me in a long time. But anyway, um, and I couldn't reach my family. Things mm -hmm. got messed up. So I relied on a relationship that I've nurtured all along and called that person and they left their job the minute mm -hmm. and came and they rescued me the minute, you know, just she was there. Without hesitation. Without any hesitation, without asking what just came and was there in minutes. And um, those are the, that's the kind of 
you need to nurture those relationships. Yeah. Like family, because you're always, we're always going to need others. Mm-hmm. You always are going to need others. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the reasons we were so close in our church family was for that reason. We got very close by going to camp and stuff with a bunch of them. And, and it did nurture those people that I know that I have a many of those people I could call on at any minute and they would be there for me. Yeah. But it's not just because we go to the same church because that isn't necessarily, it's because I took the time to get to know those people and to show them that I cared about them. And when you show somebody else that you care about them and you're there for them, then it comes the other way. It it opens Mm. up both ways Yeah, for the caring. Um, and, and so I'd say somebody that maybe doesn't have the children or, or that, and even everybody though, needs to nurture those relationships with others that way. And you can't have a super close with everybody, right? but I would say you can show others, even if they're not your very besties, you can show others that you care about them so that there will, you will have that give and take kind of yeah relationship yeah I think that's super important that it really is about that nurturing like you said it's about I think I think sometimes (laughs) I just have to say right now (laughs) okay so my mom's neighbor mows his lawn like every other day and of course he decides to mow it right now like we both looked at each other and realized that the lawnmower is going so if you hear I faint mowing. Just think about it like a nice purr. Yes, let it calm you. A little hum is going. But literally, my mom has told me multiple times, like this guy, he mows his lawn like every other day. But he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. We love that he takes care of his yard. Do it looks right. He's not the trashy neighbor that just lets everything fall apart. You know, sometimes you just gotta. But anyways, if you hear the murmur, that's what that is. But um. The nurturing is really, really important because I think a lot of times you have put in so much uh, nurturing in your relationships. And that's something that I picked up on from you. And it can be hard sometimes in relationships when it feels one-sided. Have you ever felt one-sided in a relationship in your life? You don't have to say which one, but like, I know I have where I'm always the one to invite. I'm always the one to ask. I'm always the one to check up on. And it's like, is this only one-sided? Like I only get to see you when I, when I reach out every time. And that becomes really exhausting because then that person who's always, always reaching, isn't feeling the nourishment. And, and then that creates for me, that creates self-doubt, some insecurities. Have you ever experienced anything like that? I would say yes. And, And it's very hard to keep a relationship like that going. And you question yourself, why? What did I do? And I, yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to be honest that I have let a couple relationships go. Me too. For that reason that it, it, nothing was coming back. And so when I just went quiet on my end, then it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it made me feel badly. And some at points I missed that person. But on the other, <clears throat> on the other hand, um, you know, I, I need to look out for me too. Mm-hmm. And and you can't just always be the one that gives to everybody and not receive anything back. So I, I kind of think that's a natural thing that happens. Your friends get weeded out, sorted out. You 
you know, they come, they do come and go at some times. Yeah. Um, hopefully many of them will be ones that you've been able to nurture enough that they last for a long time, mm -hmm. but it does happen. But, and I think you can't, you have to be careful not to beat yourself up over that. Mm -hmm. Like, although I, like I said, it does have to let it go after a while because it does, it does bother. It has bothered me before. Um, but you, you, I think you just have to do that. And I think it's a natural course of how things go. Yeah. And I think that you either have to let that go, truly let that go, or you have to reconnect and communicate, knowing that it may still end up that that friendship is over. And I think that's why sometimes we don't go in and go, hey, thing is, like, I feel like I'm always the one reaching out and and, and that makes me feel like, and instead of doing that, which I've done the same thing, I mean, in most of the relationships that I've distanced, they just dissipate. They just go. And sometimes I think about them and wonder how they are and wonder maybe what it would have been like if we would have tried, but then they moved far away. And so like, you know, and so then we try to validate it too, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, well, they're probably doing this, or I saw that on Facebook. So like, they don't need me anymore. So we try to validate it, but we have to either let it go to create space for the other relationships that we are nurturing, or we have to figure out what's really going on so we can adjust and keep feeding the energy that that relationship needs. And you can try it. And you know, this has happened to me with two separate friends that I'm thinking of. And with the one friend, I really tried to reconnect with her. Mm -hmm. um, and it just didn't work. Yeah. She was too far in a different place. And I wasn't, we weren't in the same place anymore. And it just wasn't working. And, and, and it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. Another friend, I thought this is, you know, I actually, I thought about it for a few years trying to reconnect and didn't do it. And then happened to actually see her daughter talk to her and her daughter said, you need to call my mom and you need to connect with her. And I did. And it's the best thing. I am so glad I did because mm. we reconnected and neither one of us can figure out why we ever let it, let it go away because we've always been such good friends. And now we're really good friends. Again, we travel with them and yeah. It's been wonderful. So you just don't know. It can go either either way if you try and reconnect with with somebody. You just don't don't mm -hmm. know how that will be. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Friendships are are all relationships are kind of tricky, but I think friendships can be really, really tricky sometimes. One of the things that's really saved me is reminding myself that I've decided to choose to believe moving forward that all relationships are meant to be what they, whatever they're meant to be in our lives. And some are meant to be really long-term and some are meant to be very short-term. I even feel like this with my divorce, you know, sometimes um, people have asked me like, if you could do it over again, would you change it? Would you not have married the person that you marry, blah, blah, blah. And actually I would love to say, oh yeah, I would have done it totally different, blah, blah, blah. But if I had, I don't think that I would have learned, learned what I learned about myself, grew what I grew about myself. Um, the friendships that I had to leave in that relationship, in that marriage, I gained other relationships. And so I really just feel like that person was meant for me at that point in my life. He was exactly what I needed at that point in my life, right? Just this very lively, outgoing run around town. Like we were doing all sorts of things. That's what I needed right then in my twenties. Right. And I needed something else in my thirties. And I hope I don't need something new every decade. Cause I'm very happy right now, <laughs> but you know what I mean? And, and I, I do think I, and what I don't mean, like just keep switching, changing, um, 
romantic partners or whatnot. But I do think that it's important to recognize that, especially when it comes to friendships, that sometimes they're just a part of the journey and they were meant for you then. They were meant for you in junior high, but maybe not anymore. Meant for you in high school, maybe not anymore. I don't even talk to any of my college friends, which blows my mind because we lived together so intensely for four years. I was like best friends with these people. And then poof, was just gone. It was just over. I never talked to them anymore. And I've just made peace with the fact that I needed them then. And we've all gone off to do our own things. And I I have what I have now. And it's it, it it's good. So yeah, that's that's on friendship. Um so I want to dive into, we have a ton of different things that we can chat about today, but I really want to make sure that people are getting questions that they can ask themselves. Um, and one of the things is, I feel like you've lived a really full life so far. Like, I feel like you really love your life and I may be wrong, but on a scale from one to 10, how in love with your life are you right now? I would say 10. 10. So what would make it an 11? <laughs> Most people say less than 10. And then my question is, what would make it a 10? I don't know what would make it even more. Um, I'm doing all the things that I want to do. And I have lots of friends. I have wonderful kids. I, I honestly do not know what I could do to make it any better. That is, I think you may be the first person I've ever met with that answer. And that's incredible because my next question is, how do you create a life that you love? And if that's too vague, that's pretty vague. What does life you love include? We'll talk, let's talk about what does it include? What does it exclude? And what does it require? So how do you create a life you love? What does it include? Think about your own life. Well, first of all, it includes family. Mm -hmm. And it includes a family that gets along and cares about each other, which we just talked about. Connected relationships. Con they're connected relationships, yes. Um, and that you can count on, rely and that reliable, you rely on. that you feel safe with. Yes, those are all things. Uh, and then I think that you have some interests that are interesting to you, that you cultivate and do those interests. Mm -hmm. And then maybe along with that, you've got a few other people that you've met along the way that also have those interests mm -hmm. that you can do. It's like, I have a girlfriend that likes to travel and my husband isn't as much into travel. And um, we like to travel internationally and she will go with me and her husband doesn't like to travel. So there's, you know, that relationship with her is built on a lot of different things that we have in common. But You like to kayak, you and, like to bike. Yeah, we do all those. We go and do all those things mm -hmm. that she and I enjoy doing that other people don't enjoy doing that much. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I would say just cultivate other relationships that enjoy other things. We've got groups of people that we love to play cards with. Yeah, you people know, that you go to lunch with. We have a lunch group that goes, you know. You have a like book club you're a part of. Yeah, a book club and a dominoes group. and You're involved in a lot. I think for and, you, involvement is really important. Well, it is. Um, because now that I'm retired, I need to have things to do. Or mm -hmm. otherwise, it's a boredom it, uh, that kind of sets in. But even when you weren't retired, it was still like your schedule was, has always been full. Like you like a 
full schedule. I have a with, friend that said, you're the busiest person I know, and I'm really not, but I do like a full schedule because if you're not retired, you said, what makes a full life? I think another aspect of it is a job that you enjoy. Yeah, sure. There were times when I'm like, I take this job and shove it kind of thing. We, <laughs> we well, all have you those know, moments. We all have those moments, but on the whole of the whole picture of it, it was a job that I liked and it was a job that allowed me to be creative. It was a, a job that allowed me to be with people. And what did you do for? I was a teacher. How long were a you A lower elementary for? teacher. So I taught in the span of things, K through fourth grade. For how many years? For 35 years. Yeah. And so, and you was, retired early because you were ready to keep keep well, going with that. Yeah, I was fifty seven, and the opportunity came up. It was just something you couldn't refuse. Yeah, and so I did, and that was really hard for me. Yeah, I mean, because you stayed serving in the school system, subbing and doing testing for kids, like even after you were retired. And it's like most people are like, "Woo, I want to retire when I'm forty or 50. And then, but for you, it was like, "No, no." Yeah. I don't, what am I going to do? This is what I love doing. Like how special is it that you get to say like, I loved Because one of the questions in our mom and me book, which we'll talk about in a little bit is, um, one of us wrote, if you could have chosen any other job, any, any job in the world, if you could have had any job in the world, what would you have chosen? And you wrote down, I would, I wouldn't have chosen anything else. I no, chose what I, I love most. I thought that was cool. And when I retired, another aspect of leaving that wasn't just leaving kids. That was part of it or leaving. A lot. There's another aspect of it. The people I worked with were my friends at work. And we really didn't do things outside of work. That was that group. But at work and when you were there, I really enjoyed being with them. Well, so then when I retired, that was another thing that was out of my life, wasn't in my life besides my job and the kids and that it was those people. Yeah. So then what, how am I going to fill that part in with, with other relationships? And I've kept some of them. There's a small group of us that get together, two different small groups of us that get together through that group, which has helped too. So I have maintained some of those friendships, but it's a little different. I know there's people listening now that would love to have all of the friends and groups that you, that you're talking about, that you're involved in. And they're saying to themselves, like, well, yeah, that's nice that you have a bunch of people that you can go to, but I have no one. I don't have a community. I don't like, what can people do to start cultivating those types of experiences? Because you didn't just all of a sudden have somebody call and say, Hey, come be in the book club. Hey, come be in the bowling club. Hey, come. I mean, you've done so many things over your lifespan so far. We can't even touch on all the things that you've done, like in one podcast, right? So how did you go from, you know, mom of three kids to like having all of these interests and all these women's groups and all these couples groups? How did you do that? Okay, let's quick 20 second timeout to talk about an amazing free resource for you or someone you know who's feeling sick and tired of crying on the bathroom floor drained from divorce. I get it. I stayed stuck in the struggle bus for far too long because I didn't know what to do next. It's time to get up off that bathroom floor and hit the reboot button to start moving forward. Simply share or visit joyfullydivorce.com today to download the free 
What Now Workbook. It's a blueprint that outlines the six simple steps to starting fresh. I've taken the guesswork out of what's next because we all deserve to design the life we truly desire. Now let's get back to the show. Well, there's a lot of different ways uh, to do it. And if you're a person that doesn't have all those things, or even you don't have the kids or whatever, because that'll keep you busy, but um, you have to reach out and not be afraid to reach out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. I'm not a person that's easy for. We've talked about, Heidi and I have talked about this before. Um, to be a new person in the room or, or in a new situation is almost anxiety ridden for me. Yeah. But I make myself do it and you make yourself do it. Mm-hmm. And then it gets a little easier. So there's a lot of different things. I, for us, we, when we moved here, we decided we were going to go to this church. Yep. And we were just lucky. It happened to be a church and so many people were in our same situation at that church and knew and, and all of that. And those people, and we just started joining things. They'd say, who wants to come to game night? They'd have that and we'd go. And that even with the resistance, did you ever feel resistance back then? Like, yeah, we don't know here. anybody. Oh, exactly. we're not gonna fit in. What are we gonna say to people? Exactly. Like, we did. You, you felt that, but we went anyway. And who would volunteer to help with the food truck? Well, we volunteered. Well, by volunteering and doing those different things, it was twofold because we helped a community, whoever needed the food or whatever. But we got to make we made friends with other people that were doing that and then from there when we got to know a lot of people we went to a family camp and met more people and so it it grows is what I'm saying but it doesn't have to be a church but that's one place but if that isn't for you there's different things Mm -hmm. you can join a bowling league yeah or okay bowling's not your thing there's a lot of different things uh libraries have book clubs join a book club at the library there's a million things too on Facebook now it's like there's a Facebook event there's a group here there's a height women's hiking group there's a this there's a that there's a you can find literally anything locally but right to and your point is you have to I'm going to use the word force you have to force yourself you do or invite yourself to do the uncomfortable thing which is something new and then when you're there let's say you go to the book club and we talked, you go, when you go to something, there might be a table or a chair or something, and there's nobody sitting next to one person. That's a lot of times the person that I'll go sit to, because I feel like they don't know anybody there, or maybe they're alone or whatever. Get to know that person first. And you never know, you might struck gold the first time and you might not, mm-hmm. but a lot of times then that person is glad to have somebody to talk to too. Mm-hmm. And through that little advantage of talking with each other, you probably find something that you have in common. Right. And maybe that common thing might be the thing that starts a friendship. Right. And maybe not, you're not going to hit hundred percent every time, but if you never try, you're never going to get there. So, mm-hmm. um, the other thing that I started doing when I was divorced, because I was like, okay, now I need to do some things. Like first I had to figure out what I liked. I kind of didn't even really know what I even liked because you do so many couple things that you kind of forget about what you do by yourself. 
So I would go to painting classes and like paint. Oh, there's a girl's paint night at the cafe down the road. And I would just go and I was scared and I would meet, meet people. I met a bunch of girls and they were fun to hang out with for the paint thing, but nothing really clicked. I was like, that's okay. I had a fun time. Painting seemed fun to me. And so I did that. And then one was like a little dance class. So I went to that same thing, but at least I was trying things on for size. And sometimes what's the saying? Like you got to kiss a kids, kiss a bunch of frogs until you get the prince. Same thing in friendship, right? Sometimes we have to be really vulnerable in we're kind of dating in friendship in a way. I actually just did this. I didn't even tell you about this. I don't think I did. A couple of, um, uh, three weeks ago, there was a girl on, I started joining Facebook groups in Columbus specifically because I just moved from California to Columbus, not just, but it still feels like I just moved there. It was two years ago, but it feels to me like I'm just there because COVID just kind of got over and I'm now preparing myself to actually make that leap of new friendship because I have great, beautiful friendships here in Michigan. And I have beautiful friendships in California and some people sprinkled in other places, but I don't really have more than like one friend in Columbus. Um, and I want to have those types of deep, meaningful relationships, or at least, uh, uh, some groups to go to, like you, like you're explaining Not every relate friendship is a deep, meaningful, best, bestie relationship, but those, those people that you can call up and do something and feel like you're doing something cool in life. Um, so I joined like this women's on a couple of women's entrepreneurial groups because I'm a female entrepreneur. And then I joined, um, a group that is called the young professionals of Columbus. And it's between the ages of 30 and 40. And I was like, whoa, just coming in. But it also says like, or if you feel like you're 40 or whatever, they don't care. So a girl reached out from that group to me on Facebook and said, hi, I'm so-and-so, and I just moved to the Columbus area, and I'm just looking to meet other women in the area, wondering if you wanted to get lunch sometime. So, you know, you also want to be careful on social media, right? So I looked her up and kind of read through different things and things to make sure she, you know, was kind of someone I was interested in meeting. And we went for lunch last week at, you know, a cafe place where there's lots of people. You don't want to ever go to, a, you know, go on a hike together when you don't know the person. Um, and we just had the best, best lunch ever. She was so much like me. And here's the crazy thing is she didn't know this, but um, she is a financial advisor for divorced women. She's like getting certified in it. She's uh, four months into her six month program. And she thought I was a food and body coach because that's what I used to do. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm pivoting. And now I work with divorced women. And she said, no way. I'm a divorced financial coach. We should host some um, lunches together, you know, and I can help people with their finances. You can help people with the coaching and like, we should do meet and greets for divorced women and they can meet each other in community. It was just like, you never know, but you have to. And I tried to talk myself out of this lunch for the two weeks that we had it planned. And I don't know why I did that. Why do we do that? Why are we like, ah, maybe I'll just not go. Well, you know what it is. It's fear. Yeah. A fear of not being accepted by somebody. Yeah. I was just going to say too, when you um, try some of these groups or types things to 
can't be afraid if you feel a little spark of connection with somebody to be like, hey, I wanted to go see this new exhibit at the museum. And I'm wondering if you'd like to meet me at the museum and we can, and we'll, we'll go look at the new exhibit together. Would that interest you? Right. You know, you can't be afraid to um, do, do that kinds of thing. I did that when I retired a little bit more mm -hmm. people that I kind of, they were, they were friends, but we weren't really close or whatever. And I started reaching out to them a little bit and saying, Hey, would this interest you? Would you like to go? And to my surprise, nobody turned me down. Yes. Everybody that I, have, uh, that I reached out to do that has said, yes, I'd like to go to the museum or yes, I'd like to go on that bike ride or yes, I want to hike at that new place or whatever it was. They, they all were like, yes, what like I've... a definite, yes. Like, like they were waiting the same way I was mm -hmm. to have somebody reach to them. And that, that is a big advice clue. If you are looking to make connections with new people that other people are out there, many of them, that would want a connection, want connections so badly, but they're afraid. That is probably the number one piece of advice, like you just said, is that you have to tell yourself 98% of people are waiting for the invite. And hardly anybody will turn you down. Yes. They'll take a chance anyway. And if it... And, and even if they said no, whatever, you know, just like, okay. You still don't have plans Tuesday. You, still you didn't have plans Tuesday. Yep. You still what don't you, have plans Tuesday. Right. Try again because it's anything. highly likely that the next person is a heck yes. So, or a no might just mean a no for right now also, right? And I've so. had people say to me, oh, I can't today, but I'd like to do that. Can we do that another time? Yeah. And you ha and we have to give it time too, because mm -hmm. first of all, we have to be curious about, is this my thing? Is the book thing? Is it the bowling thing? Is it, is it a gardening thing? Is it a, yeah, what are you interested in? And if you don't know, just keep trying because there's a lot of frogs that I kissed in the friendship world, just getting my hands literally dirty at the potting, the pottery class and the painting. You know, and I and I never went back to some of those those classes either because they were a one time thing. I was like, oh, I, I just wanted to do this one time. This isn't a long term thing. And then there becomes other things that be, do become your thing. So just keep trying. But I would say to everybody listening, I want you to write down the question: How do you create a life you love? What does it include? We just talked about some of those things. What does it require? We talked about that, really putting yourself out there. And is there anything that you need to exclude? Is there anything that you would say to exclude in creating a life that you love? Anything that you would leave out? Um, that's a hard question. One thing that came to mind maybe is don't just always do stuff that you don't want to do just because other people do and you're going to do it. I would say at the beginning, maybe a little bit, you might, you know, not that I never have. I've done some things that I really didn't want to do, but, you know, I just wanted to go. Um, Follow your intuition on it, basically, is what yeah. you're saying. Is like, if there's something that really doesn't feel like a fit, don't just do it to appease people. Don't yeah. just do things to people, please people. And maybe exclude is the wrong word, but just be mindful that there will be things that you don't need, that you you don't need for yourself and it's okay for you to exclude those 
say no to those things because they're just not, they're just not something that's for you. I know sometimes like I wanted friends so bad. I think we all really want friendships so bad that sometimes we're willing to take on people that aren't the right fit for us. Well, and then sometimes you get taken advantage of that's happened to me before. Um, then, then they always call you to do some kind of a job or, or, or thing. Right. And that's when you have to start to say no to some of that too, because don't get taken advantage of. But I would say that wasn't, that wasn't really a big thing. Right. You know, I mean, I've had people that I, I've had people that I realized they only used me as their kind of like dumping ground, like they're venting, like, I only come to you because I know you're a good listener. And so I, you're my venting friend. Um, or when my feelings are hurt from this other friend, now you'll be my person today. Uh, and after you realize what, that those people are just kind of energy, energy drains, that's when immediately it's like, I'm, I'm not going to really do this anymore. I've seen a couple, not a lot, but a couple people, especially more like, um, junior high time where I was like, oh. I tried it, but this isn't really my person, you know, or even actually I can remember a couple of, couple of girls in elementary school where you do a lot more playing together and doing that and going to like play dates and stuff where I remember going over and then being like, this person really isn't somebody I want to go play with again, you know? Um, so it's interesting. So I want to invite in, we have so many other things. We've only scratched the surface and I don't want this to be a two hour podcast, um, but let's go with what do you love most about yourself? About myself? Yes. Oh, it's hard to love yourself. Everybody. This is a good question for people that. to ask themselves. What do I love about myself? Um, I, I, boy, I like. I like how I have friendships with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I like being a friend. I think I'm a good friend. Yes. So I'm going to say that. I like that about myself. Um, I I guess it's the same thing that I just love. You know, I I love being the, the mom of the family. Mm. I love that, that role too. Um, and the grandma. And doing those kinds of things. Um, this is along the same it's line. It's a really hard question because it's always hard to say about yourself what you like about yourself. What do you, okay, how do you think someone else who knows you really well, think about somebody who knows you really well. How would that person describe you to other people who didn't know you? They're talking about you and they're like, oh, you got to meet my friend, Jerry. She's the best. Insert description. How would the, How would that person describe you? I think they'd say I'm welcoming, I'm hospitable. Mm-hmm. Um, they would say, I think they would say I'm a good friend. That if they call me, that I would be there. I'll help them out. What do you need? And I would do that. So I think those things they would say about me. Yeah, for sure. I would say, hey, you guys, this is my mom. She is one of the most loving, caring, do anything for you kind of a people. She's very creative. She's a ton of fun. There's nothing that she won't do. She loves having adventures and doing things with people. She loves being in relationships. She cares so much about people. She um, 
is just a spark of joy. You're going to love her. You know, that's just who you are. Thank you. You're welcome. And I want everybody else to ask themselves, what do you love most about yourself? It's an important question. It's an important question. Is there anything that you struggle loving about yourself or wish that you were more accepting of? Wait, this is a, these are really hard questions. I know. This is a hard one. Yeah. Would you say that again? Yeah. Is there anything that you struggle loving about yourself or is there anything that you struggle um, being more accepting of, wish you were more accepted of? Well, one of the, this is crazy, but one of the things, it doesn't sound like it, but a struggle, a struggle for me more is being in a situation where I have to come up with a lot of conversation. Mm -hmm. That is a struggle Mm -hmm. for me Mm -hmm. and everybody and my friends, they'll laugh. People laugh at me when we've talked about this before. I'm like, no, I that is a very struggle. And they're like, it is not, you can talk to anybody. You're very talkative. You're very, so it's, it's, it's a different perception, but it's not how I feel Yeah, that I can't. It's a, I have to work at that. Do you struggle with trusting yourself? Yes, probably. Yeah. 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 Sometimes. I mean, it depends you're on what it is that you trust yourself, but yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's sometimes what I feel like comes up with that. And then the other thing is just like, um, do you struggle with worrying? I do. I worry about things. Yeah. Now more because I think I have more time that's, that's, that's not filled all up. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people that struggle with worrying. And I like to use the phrase, like the past can create some pain. Mm -hmm. There's like wounds in the past. The future can create fear mm-hmm. that's that worry we get ahead of ourselves but the present has the opportunity to create peace because if you're only right here right now with me doing this podcast and we're just right here and we're only thinking about just if you're only thinking about what I'm saying not what you're going to mm-hmm. say next all the things all the things that can create a, a present peace but if you're in the future and you're thinking about what you're supposed to do later and am I going to forget this and am I going to do that and what happens if this it's just like fear it's what they it's one of the an adage that people say is live for the live for the moment yeah you know enjoy the moment live in the moment I guess that's it live in the moment um because my worst time sometimes is it it always is at night and I have to talk myself out of that how do you do that how do you when you get to that space of worked up or future focus how do you bring yourself back? Again, I think I do. I have to say, this is now, and I have to. I'm thankful for all these things now. And there's, and I tell myself, you you can't worry about that. It hasn't happened yet, which you've taught me be, too. Mm-hmm. And I I have to self talk, do a self talk out of that. Yeah, and just like relax yourself, and. Um, you know, you have to give it over to God and then just, he can think about it for, and you don't have to think about it. You can go to sleep. Yep. And so that kind of all that kind of self talk about that is what I do. Otherwise I would be up all night because you start one little anxiety about something and it leads to something else, to something else, to something else, to something else, Mm -hmm. which many of those things are out of your control anyway. Mm -hmm. And you have to do a self, Mm -hmm. uh, you have to do a self talk. You have to be willing to do that. I want to ask you about some life lessons and I'm going to phrase it in this way. We can both answer it. Um, 
what would you have told, what's some advice that you would have given uh, your, your teenage self? We're going to go teenage self, 20 self, 30 self, 40 self, because I'm turning 40 this year. So what, just kind of segmenting it into like different decades, what is some advice you would have told your teenage self, junior high, high school years? Well, first of all, I would have told myself that, you know what, you're not fat. Yes. You, You look fine. There's nothing wrong with your look, number one. And another one I would tell my teenage self is to reach out. You want you try and make friends with some of these other people. Don't worry that what they're going to judge about you, that they're going to judge you because Mm. in teenage life, that's what it's, it's all about. It's all about for me, it was all about what your look looks like because I maybe didn't look as good as I wanted to be or thought I should be. And the other thing was if people were going to accept me and not be out of the group or whatever, because I was never a popular kid. I wasn't the kid that had no friends. I had lots of friends really, but you know, but it was always, there's so much, was so much self-doubt when you were a teenager. I wish you could change that. And I oh. wish I could have changed it for you girls growing up. And I tried, we tried to talk about those things, but I think it's something we all have to live with and learn. I yeah. don't know how to make that go away for you. Cause I tried you and, did. And, and I couldn't always, I couldn't do that. I, I could soothe and comfort and I well, did that. And, and, um, and I don't think that you can because there is this there is this surrounding societal belief that you're supposed to be popular. It's on TV shows, right? Mm-hmm. It's on TV shows. Even in like, I think about like, remember that show Boy Meets World? Yes. It's still like, well, there's the punk kid and there's the nerdy kid and there's the, and they showcase the way that people look and the way that people talk and the way that people act. And it's not normalized really that, um, it's okay to be you. It's just, it's okay to be you. It's okay to have one friend in junior high. It's okay to not be part of the, the girls or the guys that are wearing a certain thing. It's okay to not be on the football team and be in choir instead. It's okay to, and so it's as hard as, yeah, you did a great job reminding me all the time. You you're so beautiful, you know, helping me with my self-esteem, all the things. But as soon as you leave your home and you're surrounded and you're in it, you want nothing more than to just fit in and belong where you're supposed to belong. And the reality is I would tell my teenage self, like you belong, you belong, you're good enough, you know? And it's just hard to believe those things when we're taught that well no unless you're popular you haven't made it it's kind of still happens in society today like unless you're a influencer or a celebrity we we romanticize and fantasize that our lives will be better I love that your answer earlier was like my life's a 10 like you didn't say like if I got a private jet or if I you know could you know do all these things it was just like yeah you really do love your life with all the things that you have, you're so grateful for it and all the things. And I, I would tell my teenage self that like, it's okay. And I would also say it's okay to be rejected. And it's hard because it, all it takes is one person yes. to say something like, well, that's a weird dress you got today. Yeah. All it takes is one and it knocks, it chops you all the way down. Even though when you got home, all the things that I said to you were you know, yeah, it, it, that one, all it takes, and it's, it's continual, even in adult life, it's continual. It only takes one person. So the lesson from that is be careful what you say to people, mm-hmm. because you may not mean things like that, but be careful. You say something like that. Yeah. 
even as grownups, even as grownups, there is, there's all, all that kind of things that happen. What My mom you... used to say, if you can't say something nice, don't say it at all. It's very true. <laughs> I've stopped myself sometimes. I really do. Even now where I find myself going like, Oh, look at that person. And then I'm like, Whoa, Whoa. Like, I don't know their situation. I don't know what they've, what their life is happening in their life. Like, that's not fair. Um, what would you say to your college self, 20 year, 20 self? College self. I would say relax mm. and enjoy that your life's going to turn out. It's all going to be good. Yeah. Because I think I had a lot of, I know I did have a lot of anxiety in college about, you know, is this the guy for me? And, mm. how, you know, when is that going to, how are we going to get to the end of that? And, Am I going to, you know, I got to get these classes and I got to have these good grades because I want to graduate and get my thing. And that, I think that would be my big advice is Mm -hmm. just to enjoy where you are right now and just focus on that. Yeah. I would say the same thing, like live it up (laughs) because when you're in college, it's the first time for many people, if you're in, or if you're in your twenties, maybe you're not going to college where it's the first time you're very independent. Mm-hmm. You're starting to gain that responsibility on your own. You're not maybe making all the money that you, you're just barely, like for me, I was just barely making my bills. I had a lot of help from you guys, thankfully, but also I had a lot of freedoms. And I would say, use that time, experiment, get to know yourself better. That's what I would say to my 20 year old self, get to know yourself better before you settle down. Again, I wouldn't change all the things that have happened in my life, but at that point, I didn't realize I was still figuring myself out a lot in my 20s. And all that I knew was that you're supposed to finish college, get the job, get married, get the house, have the kids. There was this order in which, again, society says, here's how you do it to love your life. And that's not necessarily true. Sometimes we... I, not sometimes we need to figure out who, who we are, what we want, what we like, how we want to be when we're not in the midst of like, I was, I was, I did try a lot of things. I partied a lot and I studied a lot. I had a great balance. Like I had a lot of fun friends and we tried a lot of different things and experimented on a lot of things and, um, took fun little trips here and there, you know, when we had like all of the chip in for gas and, you know, just did silly, silly college things in our twenties. But, um, yeah, I, I would say really get to know yourself more. Really get to know yourself more. And don't, like you said, don't put so much pressure on yourself. There's also that point in your 20s where you're like, shit, I'm supposed to be a grown up now. I'm supposed to get the job. I have the degree. And then there's this like panic that sets in, like, but it has to be a job that makes this amount of money and has these kind of benefits. And there's like all of a sudden this flash adulting that happens where I wish somebody would say like, it's okay, take a breath. It's okay. Like, even if you don't have a job for a little bit, I mean, I came back and lived here for a little bit um, before I moved out, but it's a lot of pressure to grow up fast and in your twenties, cause you're not in your teens anymore. That can be a lot of pressure. It's the first time you turn 21 and all the, the things and it's just a lot. What would you say to your 30 year old self? What was happening in your thirties? Raising babies? Raising babies and working. I work full time and yeah. raise kids. And um, I don't know what I would tell myself. I guess that you're doing okay. It's going to be, you're doing okay. Um, 
I just, I wasn't really anxious. I love that. It was a lot of work. I was tired. Yeah. Um, I guess tell myself, you know what? This is a lot of work right now, but again, it's worth it. Just relax into it because it's all right. And, and you're going to get, it doesn't last that long. And then you get through that part and, and then it's a lot easier. It's a lot, you know, the kids are bigger and you don't have to, they don't take so much actual hands-on care kind of thing. So just, it's, you're going to get through that and you're going to have a little bit of free time. Mm. So I think that during that time, I was sometimes like, I am never going to have any free time to myself again. I think that's really important because there's a lot of moms that, that, um, well, there's a lot of moms that get the advice from others that say, take time for yourself, take time for yourself, take time for yourself. But I love what you just said. It's too hard. It's, you don't really, get, right? even if they say that it's almost impossible to do. Right. And, but I love how you said, just know that you're, you're going to have more time for yourself. You're going to get, maybe that. it's not right now. I love that advice better than make time for yourself because sometimes it feels like mission impossible. Like that's just not like my time for myself is when I brush my teeth before I go to bed. You know what I mean? Like, oh, oh for sure. That's it. For sure. Or, or I used to stay up late, sometimes stay up later than I should have mm -hmm. just because then that would give me an hour all by myself. Yep. Yeah. Some I know. People I know we'll do it on the other end of it. Yeah. I'll get up early because just that little bit of time all by myself. And then, um, but, and I think what you said too is, um, you're doing a good job. You know what else I did during that time? This may be helpful to moms out there. I decided that I didn't need to have a lot of extracurricular activities or hobbies and that I was going to make my kids be my hobby. So my, what am I going to do fun with them? Mm. You know, so instead of making it be like, oh, you know, I've got another thing. I, I'm like, oh yeah, I get to do this with them. And this is going to be my hobby. Mm. It's what I choose to do. Well, I love that too, because you actually included us in your hobbies. And what I mean by that is, and I remember it's one of my favorite things about you growing up and still even now is you think of things that we can do that are different. And so we would bake with you. Or we would do experiments with you. Or oh, the we would, one your kids always say is, remember when we painted that toast? Paint the toast. We always, if you guys want to know what paint the toast means, write in the comments and, and mom will let you know. But it, we literally would get food coloring out when we would paint the toast before you toasted it. food coloring in the yeah. middle. Yeah. Take a little Q-tip, draw on the bread, mm -hmm. whatever you want to draw, toast it, and then it shows up colorful on the toast. The they love most it. fun part wasn't even eating the toast. It was painting the toast. It was like, <laughs> and we would do that even on school mornings when we were little. I remember painting the toast, making Play-Doh, making it, not just buying it, like making it two ingredients. So it was like those things. And we were always crafting, but you were, you loved crafting. So I think the key too, is like, if your thing is, is golfing or whatever, maybe you're not taking them to the golf course yet, but you're doing things like golfing and you're hitting things around or you're throwing the balls into buckets, or you're doing things that are your hobbies adapted to your children and you did that That's all true. the time we had so many crafts it was so fun our friends my friends loved coming over to our house because we always had things to do because you made us your hobby you included us in your hobby and you don't have to lose yourself fully as a parent you just have to find ways to integrate the things that you care about or maybe it's a time of expansion for you maybe it's a time of exploring other things that 
maybe you can be more interested in try know, camping or try yeah and yeah. know that it's not long it doesn't it's not forever but it is right now so like how can you enjoy this moment right now I think that's the key to all the ages that we you know yeah said, is that enjoy the moment you're in now yes and know that that changes so enjoy yes. it now because it's going to all change yeah love what you love know that what you don't love isn't going to last forever and just make the best of what you've got I think I would tell my 30 year old self because I didn't have kids I think I would tell my 30-year-old self, don't lose yourself. I think that I was, I hadn't found myself in my 20s, and I was still with my partner from my 20s. So as we headed into our 30s together, there was just a lot of um, relying on each other for everything, relying on each other for friendship, relying on each other for romance, from re relying on each other for significance, relying on each other for, for everything. Especially when we moved to California, we didn't know anybody. We didn't have anybody. So we relied so heavily on each other. And when that becomes the case, when that person is no longer available, whether they go on a work trip or whether they go on whatever, whether, whether you separate and you're no longer, you kind of go through this, like, I don't know who I am. You lose yourself. So I would tell my 30-year-old self, don't lose yourself. And that kind of goes back to what you said about why you and dad's relationship works so well. And it's because he has things that he loves. You have things that you love and you have things you love do together that you love. And you respect that it's okay whether you do it alone or together, that that all works really well. I would tell my 30-year-old self that. Yeah. What would you tell your 40-year-old self? As I go into my 40s, what advice do you have as I go into my 40s? What would you tell your 40-year-old self? I don't know. I think I had the 40s really well nailed. Yeah. Um, you kids were just, you were a little bit older. So that once in the little kids, it was like junior high and stuff going into junior high, high school that age. But I feel like we pretty well, pretty much had it nailed. We were doing, I was doing things that I wanted to do. We were doing things as family that we wanted to do. Um I feel like I, I, I would, I don't have really anything that I would tell that, that person. Forties were good. Forties were, and if, you know, they always ask that question. If you could go back to what, you know, I'm retired. <laughs> one so age, where would you go? One age and some and people are like college, well, not me. That was rough going through trying to figure out all that stuff in college and young twenties and all that stuff. No forties. I had it figured out. I think Yeah. it was really, I, I wouldn't. I don't really have any advice for that. I feel like I had that nailed. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like what I'm going into 40 with is number one, knowing myself really well. Mm -hmm. um, I have the partner that I deeply love now because I deeply love myself. So I'm not afraid of him to go do his things. I'm not afraid to go do things on my own. And I love doing things together. You know, same thing in friendships. I am giving myself permission now going into my forties to not be afraid to start new relationships and try those new things that we talked about. And I think a lot of it comes with like unfiltering yourself. Did you ever, do you feel like that less and less as the years go on? I feel like as the decades go on or even the years go on, I'm just kind of like, I don't need to worry about that. I don't need to filter myself as much. I can just freely say these things. Like, I think we kind of muzzle ourselves as as we go through our teens until our 20s 30s 
just so that we can survive or be loved or be belong and you know those types of things fitting in belonging when we get older we're like I do I need to trust myself that I do and I can I I know that one of my values is to be respectful of other people, but I can be respectful and say how I feel without filtering myself or muzzling myself. Do you ever feel like that now that you're getting, getting older? Oh, sure. I think most people do. Actually, I think it's an aging thing as well. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's because as you get older, you're like, what, how the crap do I, what do I care about them? I know who I am. I think it does. It takes you, you have had to go through all those stages to grow through that. I don't think it's something you can just say, well, I'm going to be like that. Yeah. I think you do. Everybody has to grow through the stages. And that's one thing you need to know through all the stages that there are stages and it's okay. You're going kind of going through that. That's kind of an important thing, I think. Yeah. Very important. And all those phases are really important to making you who you are. It's part of the journey. It's part of the journey. Yeah. And so so some of those people that they're like, oh no, I'm going to turn 40, blah, blah, blah. I would say, you're going to find that really 40, that 40 to 40 to 50 or 40 to 60, really. Yeah. It's just an excellent, great spot because you're, you're through kind of all of that, or mm. most people are not everybody might be, there can be things in their life that's made it. So they aren't, but I would say that, but you notice a lot of people, sometimes you may say, well, they're grumpy or that curmudgeon or whatever the older person, because they just say whatever, and they don't give a crap what anybody yeah, and that's because they've been through all of that in their life, and so they don't give a crap what you think. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that's very true. And I think that I think the the longer you've been around, the longer you've experienced pain, and the more experiences that you've had through life, and you realize that you're still going to wake up tomorrow, and you're still going to be okay, and you know you're going to make it. And so even if you say the quote unquote wrong thing, which there's not, it's there's not. Uh, there's a time and place for things, but like you, you can say what you need to say in a way you need to say it and you're going to survive. Like we need to remind ourselves that like, just be who you are, say what you need to say. You're going to wake up tomorrow. You're still going to be loved. You're still going to be significant. You're still going to fit in, right? Either we all fit in or none of us fit in. Like, it's just how this, it's just how it works, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah. Finish this sentence. Don't waste your time worrying about tomorrow. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. I would say don't waste your time worrying about what other people think. Maybe a better word is the future. Sure. No, tomorrow's good. Tomorrow is always the word. Yeah. Yeah. I would say don't waste your time worrying about what other people think. I would say that's true. Right? Finish the sentence. Be sure to prioritize and make time for yourself that's a great one well we kind of just talked about that that sometimes that's not it yeah or whatever it is whatever is important to you right right now maybe it's yourself make time to be yeah prioritize and make time for the things you love the people you love people you love would be a better state people you love including yourself including yourself yeah no that's good um this one's kind of deep so let me know if you want to go here but i'm interested are there things you wish your parents would have told you or talked to you about your mom and your dad? Um, yeah, I wish they would have talked to me. I wished I would have known to ask or they would have talked to me about, about aging, about what it's like mm. 
mentally, physically, family-wise, um, in your 50s, 60s, mm. and maybe 70s when I get there. Or how they felt about it? Yes. More emotions? Yes, more emotions. Talked more about their feelings. Um, Did your parents talk about their feelings much? No, not Your mom didn't either? No. Because it's interesting because you do. You you do talk about your emotions and how you feel and things like that. And you need to do that because you know what? That's what my a friend of mine and I were just talking about this. That's what a good friend is for. Because when I'm having worries or anxieties or any kind of bothering, then I talked we I talked to her about it and she talks to me about hers and different friends will do that. And I say that's what a good friend is for because you can tell them those things and they can go home and they don't have to worry about it or think about it or whatever. But I've unloaded it. And, it, and so I feel much better. So it's been such a relief for me to tell someone, even though they're not going to do anything about it. Do you, you and know? you wish that you could have um, talked to your mom about some of those things? Yes. And I wish she would have talked to me because I think about her, especially her last when my dad was dealing with Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and she really never let on to things. She didn't talk about how she felt. She didn't talk about any of that. And I wish now I would have been mature enough think mm. to know now I am that I'm in that the spot of that age but to know from her because I think I really could have helped her a lot more than I did mm. and that's kind of a regret that I didn't mm. that I didn't and didn't know the questions to ask or didn't or oh. just didn't do it just didn't yeah and what you did do though is you you were present you were I was present. I was very there. present. You were very available, very present. And we don't know what we don't know, you know, when you haven't been through that you experience. You don't, but that's one thing that I would do different and, and which I think it's good and that I try and do with you kids too, because you don't know. And I know I've said that to you yeah. before, like, you need to know this about this because, you mm-hmm. know, it's going to happen to you too. And you need to know yeah. that yeah. don't be a big surprise about it. Is there, is there anything that you wish you would have done with your mom or your dad or both of them before they passed away? I wish that I would have traveled more with them. Where do you wish you would have gone with them? Anywhere. Mm. Cause you guys um, went to almost we, all the 50 states. We did. We traveled a lot, but it's something that they really liked. And, mm. um, I, I wish that as, but then again, I was starting out with the family and I didn't have the time or the money. And that was the reason, but I almost wished I would have somehow made time or money or even gone camping more with them and invited them to go. Um, we didn't do as much of that as I, I feel like I should have now. Hmm. Yeah. Is there anything that you wish now that you're the parents and grandparents, is there anything that you, that's on your bucket, not even bucket list, just of like, want to do list with your family again, over the next couple of years again the travel Decades. the travel kind of thing or the camping like we'll go for a weekend camping or what we've been doing lately yeah. is we'll rent a cottage yeah and we'll all go there for a few days at the cottage that's the kind of stuff that I think is important and you have you get to know the grandkids get to know who you are when you're fishing and canoeing and all that kind of stuff together yeah so that and our girls trips we've taken those are my so three daughters and myself have gone on some four or five day trips and in, in different places the last place I think we went was Colorado mm-hmm. and um I think they've been really important for our relationships all with you with the girls together and their relationship with me and they've just been 
phenomenal. So I would say that's the kind of stuff that mm. for me, yeah, that I'd like to continue doing. I would say to any can. to anybody too that doesn't have like a, a, a family or parents or friends that they can do things with, start going on trips with organized groups, um, solo. Even if you don't have a, a buddy or a partner that you can go with, um, that you can find, there are so many different places that do trips for uh, not even singles, just people. And some people come alone and some people go as groups or whatever, but immerse yourself in experiencing different things in the world um, as much as possible. See as much as possible. That's definitely on my bucket list for the next however long I live is to just experience more and more and more and more um, of that. I usually, usually people go, do you want to? And I say, yes. Yes. You are, you, you will do anything. It doesn't anything. matter if you're going to say, do you want to go on a bike ride or you want to go on a walk or do you want to go to Italy or whatever it is? If somebody says, do you want to? I'm like, yes. Yes. The answer is yes. I'm the exact same way. I'm the exact same way. Um, let me see. We, we'll do a couple more here. Oh, this is a question that you wrote in the Mom and Me book. And just so everybody knows, there is this awesome book that my mom and I started a while back. Um, I'll put it in the show notes of, of what the name is. But it's basically a book where my mom answers some questions and then I answer some questions and we, we send the book back and forth. You don't even need a book for this is what I realized. Buy an empty, the book really helped us in the beginning because then we didn't have to think of questions, but the book also leaves space for mom to write questions and I answer and me to ask questions and she answers. But you could also buy a, a spiral bound notebook with anybody. It could be a friend that you want to do this with or uh, your partner that you want to do this with or a parent that you want to do this with or a mentor that you want to do this with. And you just write out questions on each page things that you're curious about life or how they were or things that they're interested in. Some of them are lighthearted, like what are your favorite foods? If you could make a favorite playlist and other than others are very deep. Um, and one of the questions you wrote in the book, which I loved was when you feel lost, what do you do to connect with yourself? How would you answer that? I feel lost to connect with myself. Yeah. Um, it it only includes me. I don't know. Oh, yeah. How did I do that? Why did I do that? Maybe you <laughs> thought that I felt lost. Maybe you felt, you know, when you are just kind of feeling like, I don't even know. Life feels confusing. Or. Oh, maybe overwhelmed. When you feel overwhelmed, like, what do you do to kind of come back to yourself? Or maybe a better question is like, when you feel kind of like out of sorts, kind of funked up, like, ugh, what do you do to get, come back to who you, who you know you are? Um, well, taking a walk sometimes going out and take a walk in nature. Yes. Um, that's, that's one thing that can do it. Um, sometimes just reading a book, just read a book about something else that's, that takes you away, totally away, that gives you a, a break from thinking about whatever it is that's bothering you. And the, the other thing would be like to contact a friend and chat. Mm-hmm. You named everything that I would name. Yeah, Absolutely. Just getting out into nature. Sometimes even because I, I know people, I don't have a car. Or I don't feel safe or go sit in your backyard. If they have a yard. <laughs> on a blanket, on a, you know, go to your nearest park. 
and lay on a blanket and just be in nature or just walk around the block a few times, body in motion, being outdoors always does it. It's one of my, one of the reasons why I love traveling to the national parks and outdoor adventures like that is you just turn everything off. And that's something I was going to actually say about way back in the beginning of our podcast, when you said one of the ways that you really connected us as a family during mealtimes, there was no TV. There was no background noise. There was no, it was just us in conversation and that became normal, right? We didn't bring cell phones anywhere. We didn't have cell phones, but we didn't do that. We, we didn't use cell phones even when we got them at the table, we put them away. And the things that you did when we, we danced around and we listened to music, we weren't watching TV. I mean, we watched TV together. We had TGIF Fridays and we did, but we did special rituals. Like TGIF Fridays was a special ritual. And on Fridays we would get pizza and we'd hang out at home. We watched TGIF and that's what we did. But also there were times where we just listened to music or we just played a game and there was no technology on and there were no outside interruptions. And it wasn't like all these things were on. And I think a lot of that has gotten lost from people today. So if you feel yourself feeling disconnected from self and or others, turn it off and see what happens. Turn it off and see what becomes available to you outside of that. Don't even make the TV and your devices um, an option. Put them somewhere else and go do something else to reconnect to yourself. Um, is there anything that you haven't done that you'd like to do, such as travel to? Oh, well, uh, yeah, I want to go a lot of places and travel. Anywhere, basically. <laughs> Anywhere that I haven't been, basically. You're going to Italy going to and Italy. Vietnam this year. Yes. Which are bit, that's some pretty big stuff. Yeah. Um, what is, what are the next two stops on your wish list? I think Iceland is one that we're going to do. And another one we want to do is we want to go down the night, uh, Wait, which river would it be? The African one on the Nile. We're gonna go. We want. We're gonna take a little cruise thing down the Nile. Cool. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Is there anything that you haven't done, like as far as, um, like, is there anything you haven't told somebody that you wish you would would tell them now? I would say no, because I pretty much. You do communicate. I try to communicate and tell people things. The only things maybe would be something that I have an ex-sister-in-law that I'd like to tell her a few things, but I never (laughs) will because that's just wrong. (laughs) So other than that. (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because there have been people in my life too that, that, you know, would love to give an earful to, right? We all have those types of people in our life. You know, and, and in your own mind or in your own private, sometimes you've given them the earful when they weren't there. It <laughs> is. But see, that is what I was going to say is a really healthy thing. There are going to be, be people in our life that we would never, even if we did give them the earful, we actually won't feel better about it. Probably not. We won't and feel they... better about it and they won't change. True. So if there's people in your life who you think you're going to feel better giving it to in whatever capacity that is, know that it's better to just let yourself let it go. And it's better to actually just 
forgive them without an apology. It's actually better to tell yourself that, you know what, they're sitting somewhere and they've already apologized to me. It's better to just tell yourself what you need and move on without those people than to have them hold any type of emotional or energetic real estate in your body. And we all have those people and I've had to do it too, where I'm just like, you know what, I don't have to say my piece with them. I've already said it. Sometimes I'll lay in my bed at night. I don't really do that anymore. I've kind of gotten through all of that with the people that I need to do that. But I used to lay in my bed at night and I would just say the things to the pe- to the person out loud. It's important to say those things out loud. And on the flip side, we can do this with people that we love. So if you have someone who has passed, like our grandparents, and you miss them at times, or you miss a friend, or you miss a pet, or somebody that's no longer on this earth, or they're unavailable to you, you can still at night or in the morning or wherever you're at, you can sit there and you can talk to them. Go to go to a garden and you can have a conversation with them. And I believe that that energetically um, that can free us and allow us to just feel we, what we need to feel. And there is still a connection. I believe on the spiritual plane, there's still a connection mm-hmm. with those people. So we can give ourselves a gift in that way. For sure. For sure. All right. Here's an interesting question. I've got a couple more. If you could create one law everyone in the world had to follow, what would it be? (laughs) Now, choose carefully because I know you have some ones that you would do for sure. What would would that law be? You could choose. Everyone has to follow it. Um, Everyone has to follow the law. Oh, gosh. I think I would need to think about this longer. Um... You can say the funny one too. <laughs> is it no barking dogs? Yes. <laughs> is it? Is it no yes, barking dogs? That your dog can't bark. <laughs> or in the in, that you can't if you live in a neighborhood that you can't allow your dog to bark and bark and bark and bark and bark. No more than five minutes outside with a barking dog. Oh, no Gotta more. Gotta bring him in. Five. That's my biggest pet. That's okay. That can be your law. My, I think, I think my law would be, um, that, uh, no bullying. Oh, that would be a great, in any capacity, no bullying or on the flip side of that, um, everyone has to be respectful to one another. I like that law. Gotta be respectful to one another, no matter what we can agree to disagree, but be respectful to one another. I think that that would be a very helpful law in our world today because it there's a lot there's a lot of disrespect that happens I think you're right and I think also or you could say another one would be like you have to be kind to somebody yeah or you can't be at all that would solve a lot of the shootings and stuff that are going on if people were kind because a lot of that is generated because people feel like they are an outcast in society and they're fighting back yeah yeah for sure yeah people and when people feel so bad Yep. If they hadn't been hurt so bad all the time, that would have happened. Yeah, there's a lot of pain that floats around. Just being kind would go a long, long way. We talked about this one already, but um, I would love for you to explain to me, what does joy feel like in your body? Joy feels like lack of anxiety, mm-hmm. lack of emotional pain, mm-hmm. feeling loved. Mm-hmm. a bright sunny day yeah exactly a bright sunny day for sure thousand percent um oh i found the name of that book so 
So I'm going to read it off my notes. It is called Just Between Us. Just Between Us. It's by Meredith and Sophie Jacobs. So you guys um, can get that book. And we do it with this book. Like I will write a couple of pages and then I give it to her. And because we live in different cities, that's kind of why we started it. Mm -hmm. And I miss her being gone. But, um, and so then she has it and then she'll write a few pages in it. And then the next time we see each other, the following time, whenever, when she's kind of done, then she gives it back to me. And we probably been, it's, I bet it's been two years now, maybe a little longer. Yeah. And we each write in kind of a different color pen Mm -hmm. and we'll star things or make comments back. So it's really fun to get to know a little bit deeper that other person. Yeah, it is. And like I said, I love the book because it it gave us like a starting place, but then I think it's also opened up our creativity to go, what other questions can I ask her? What other questions can I ask her? What else? Because I, now I've asked you things about dad that I didn't know about, um, just be being a mom or being a teacher or things that you like or disliked or hard times that you've been through. One of our questions was like, what's the most embarrassing thing you've ever been through or what do you is there something you wish you could have told me or it's just like really cool things that pop up or now we'll you know write things in there on like what's your view on this um that's happening in the world or what's your view on that or what would you do if your partner did this or said that you know and so it's just it's just become really really fun and I really love it so I encourage anybody to grab that book or like I said start that notebook with open-ended questions you can always search the internet for questions too. just type in mm-hmm. uh, conversation questions and you can you can use those as kind of a cheat sheet as well we'll try to get some of these questions in the show notes for you guys as well so that you can um, look them up and just use them on your own with yourself or with others and I want to take a few seconds um, at the end of this podcast just to take a trip down memory lane. Um, this is more of a selfish part of this of the segment. Um, I know you've listened to some of the episodes, but not all of them are applicable because it's a you know a crop podcast about healing and growth and all these different things. And you're such a huge supporter of me and everything that I do. I feel all the love. But there have been, like I said this is the 100th episode. I've been doing this podcast every week for almost two years. Every Tuesday, we release a new one. And um, it's just, it's been something that I never thought I would do. I became a coach in 2019. And one of the ways that I thought that I could reach people through the things that I was learning was through a podcast. But I thought, I can't do a podcast. That's only for influencers and for Oprah type people and and for people way smarter than me and all the things. But then one of the people that I was coaching with had her podcast and she said, you know what? No, like share, share. And once I started sharing, it was really scary um, to put myself out there. But then I, I just kept reminding myself of like, People will take what they need from it. They won't listen if they don't like it. They'll keep listening if they do. So I'm really proud of myself for sticking with something for so long. And it takes a lot of work to put the show on. I don't make any money from the show. In fact, I have to pay a lot of money to make the show. Not a lot of money, but enough money where, you know, I don't get money for ads or for any anything like that, like some of the bigger podcasts do. I just do it truly to serve and to have amazing conversations with people that I care about, with people that I'm interested in, learn from people, grow myself. And so I first just want to give a huge shout out to my podcast producer who has 
made podcasting so easy. All I literally have to do is turn this mic on and Kelly goes in at the end of the show and she adjusts everything and she makes it sound good and she adds in music and flair and she does the show notes and she does all of it for me. And so to Kelly, who is editing this right now and listening, you are just such an amazing person. She's also a a life coach and does so many things with her life and just makes other people's lives better. And she's a delight. She's super fun. And um, she's just, I'm so glad that I landed her to help me through the podcast thing. So if you guys need any podcast support or anything else, go check out Kelly. She's got her own podcast um, and she's got a book and she's great. The other thing is all the amazing guests that I've had. I've just had like so many different people come on the podcast, a couple of repeats, but for the most part, just a lot of people who have shared their own junk to joy stories, their own personal experiences. And as you've experienced now, like you have to be vulnerable to come on here and you didn't know what any questions I was going to ask you. How did that feel to just be like, answer on the spot? It was fine because you and I have talked so much that it was just like we always sit down and chat about a lot of these same same types of things or that. So it wasn't really as scary as I thought it would be when you first mentioned it. Good. It felt comfortable. Good. To future podcast people, if if I ever ask you, just say yes, because it really is just a, it's a lunch conversation. It's a couch conversation. It's just sharing some of yourself. But to all the people who have been on Cup of Joy, the podcast over the past two years, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your wisdom, your love, all of it. You're just so incredible. So I just wanted to take a few more minutes to point out some memorable moments on Cup of Joy, the podcast, I want to give the listeners some episode numbers and the names of those podcasts that have really hit me hard, or that if you haven't ever, if this is your first time listening to Cup of Joy, the podcast, because maybe you're excited that my mom's on the podcast, or you just wanted to listen to the hundredth episode, I want to encourage you to go back and maybe tap into one of these ones as your next episode, because it's easy to maybe listen to the ones that are like the next week and the next whatever's coming up the week that you're on. Um, We're on all podcast platforms. But what about the ones from way back when? So I'm going to mention a couple of those now just real quick. Um, I have to shout out podcast number one. It was called Unlock Your Brave with Janelle. And that one was really special because I was terrified. And I was at a women's conference and I'd been talking about podcasting for a really long time. And my friend Janelle said, Heidi, we're doing it today. It's not hard. Let's go talk together. Let's sit on a couch and have a conversation. And so that's exactly what we did. So just shout out to Janelle. That was a really special episode. And it's cool if you're listening to this one to go back and listen to my voice, listen to my energy, listen to um, all those different things, because you'll see the growth and hopefully it inspires you to do something that you've never done before and stay consistent with it because you will change as a result of trying something that you've never done. Um, episode number two and 26 were solo jams. And these ones are super personal. So if you've ever wondered like, well, what happened? You know, what, what was the hardest thing in Heidi's life? Episode number two and 26, finding joy after divorce and decade dieting and my junk to joy story. There you go. There you have it. It's all there in, in it's, it's all there. Number 22 is called true transformation techniques with Cheryl, um, a mentor of mine, another coach, and she and I break down so many of these really power, we call them powerful peas. And they're the powerful 
P's like perspective and promise. Like there's all these P's that help you transition in life when you're going through tough stuff. So I loved that one. There was a number, episode number 31 is called Seriously, Stop Taking Yourself So Seriously. And it was with Chrissy and she was a play coach. So she teaches people how to tap into their inner child, heal some of the tough stuff from when they were younger and just do life lighter. Just play. Stop taking yourself so seriously all the time. And that's kind of what you and I were talking about in our 20s and 30s, where it's just like, you're so like, I I don't want to give up my like childhood, but like, I'm supposed to be a grown up now, you know? So that one was a cool one. One of my favorite ones is episode number 35, which is called Willpower is Whack. And it's with Carrie. We also did one number 58 called Alone and Aligned. But Willpower is Whack is one of my favorite ones because so often, how many times do you hear people say when they've set a goal for themselves? I just need more willpower. I just need more willpower. And what Carrie and I debunk is that willpower, it's not willpower at all. It's so much more than that. So go listen to that one. We have a couple more here. Um, no, episode number 37 is called Finding Friendship. And I interviewed my best friend, Courtney. And we had a deeper conversation on friendship that I never thought we would have, even about um, just like kind of our falling out and how it made our relationship stronger and, and honest conversations and hard conversations. So that one's really cool. Um there's episode 69 I just did a couple months ago, which is called Possibility Over Positivity, because there's a lot of times where we talk about just be positive, just be positive, just be positive. And that does help to some degree. We don't always want to just like want, want Debbie Downer, but possibility over positivity has a new perspective on if you just can't be positive, what's another way of thinking about this? So go listen to that one. Um, one of my favorite guests is Dr. Sean Horn. She's a therapist on um, shame. And we talked in episode number 52 about cultivating courage. I think that's a hard one for people. And number 67, navigating your grief uh, through through any kind of loss. That was a really inc- incredible one. We've got three more here, you guys. Number 83 is taking response, radical responsibility to become your truest self. This was a recent one with Carrie um, and Carrie really talked about how she went through some major life shifts and it wasn't until she decided to take ownership over certain things in her life that that's when things started to change because she was playing a victim for a while and feeling bad about it or blaming other people. And when she decided to really own it, it is really full of so many golden nuggets. What definitely one of my top go-tos. Um, two more episode 85 is creating a satisfying single life with Annie. And this one was really cool because I think sometimes people feel so alone if they don't have a partner and then they settle for something that's not really meant for them. And so Annie and I dive deep into what it means to really create a satisfying life with your, uh, for yourself, um, while you may be calling in other things into your life. So thought that one was really special. And then All of the 90s in Couple Joy, the podcast, were a summer series that I did called Heartbreak Happy Hour. So I went on and we collected all of uh, a lot of questions from people who were going through heartache and heartbreak. And I had different guests on, different co-hosts on every week where we answered questions 
pertaining to heartache and heartbreak and how to move through and get some healing from that. So the 90s are a really special series. And then I'm not just saying this. I I could get choked up saying it, but I'm going to take a deep breath. Episode 100 is definitely already one of my favorites. I'm so grateful that my mom could come on and join. And we really hope that we inspired you guys today to tap in and really reflect and reconnect to yourself. The relationships that you have inspired you to create new opportunities for yourself. And if my mom shared anything, it's it's really like decide to create a life for yourself that you truly love and make it a 10. She's done it. She's doing it. She's living it. Even through all the ups and downs and highs and lows and tough stuff and hard stuff, she can sit here today and just be in love with herself and her life. So I'm just so grateful for you. I'm so grateful to be your daughter. Um, and it's funny because as I turned 40 this week, one of the things that I that I always think is like, you know what, isn't it kind of backwards that we celebrate ourselves on our birthday? Don't you think we should celebrate our parents, like our moms on our birthday? Like you should be getting all the gifts. You did all the hard work. I mean, I just was like waiting to come out, but you did all the hard work. So I'm so grateful for you for doing what you did 40 years ago and allowing me to have this beautiful platform where I get to change lives and have amazing conversations. It's just, it's just so special. So thank you for being my guest today and, and pushing your comfort zone and being brave. Thank you for being my daughter. I am one of the luckiest moms. I have three of the most wonderful, wonderful daughters. And um, some of that is just who they are too. So they give back to me all the time. And I love that. And um, yeah. So thank you for having me on. You are so welcome. You guys, if you loved this episode, be sure you go share it out with somebody else who needs to hear it. Check out the show notes for all those special questions. And what would mean more to us than anything is if you truly do decide to sit down with someone else, let them know that you care about them, that you want to know them deeper and, and share some gratitude this week. So go out into the world, shine your light bright and love yourself healthy. See you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own Junk to Joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcast. To learn more about Cup of Joy, the podcast, and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon.